Hey, good morning again. Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 4. We've been looking at this whole uh, concept of, you know, testing the spirits, having discernment, knowing what, what's what. And, you know, the, the false prophets, he said, many have gone out into the world. Uh, you know, but he said in verse 4, two weeks ago we looked at this. 1 John 4, 4, he says, You dear children have overcome them, he says, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's a promise, and the enemy doesn't want us to know that, but greater is he that's in us than, than he that is in the world, and, and if we're born again, we're one of God's children, we are on the winning team. We're on the victory highway, and, and we have overcome. We need to hold on to the truth, what the Bible tells us, what the Scripture tells us, not what the enemy in his lies and the world system is what we're going to look at today. So my, my question, and I already kind of gave it away a little bit earlier, is, is who are we listening to? Or what are we listening to? There are a lot of voices in the world. Did you know that? There are a lot of voices in this world, and, and uh, I, I, I get this picture, and I've, I've heard it before somewhere uh, along the way of, of having the ear gate. Well, we, we kind of have to have an eye gate, too, and an ear gate. We talked uh, uh, in that last song, we talked about kind of the, the speech gate, the mouth gate, where we have to, you know, set a guard have a watchman guarding, having God guard and watch over the words that come out of our mouths. But we need to guard also the things that come in. Not only the things that go out, but the things that come in. Because often, because of what goes in, affects what comes out. You know, they used to say this, the computer programs would talk about this. Uh, you know, they don't mention it as much anymore. But it was G-I-G-O, right? What does that stand for? Garbage in, garbage out. And that is the principle is so true, and it, it's true for us today. What we take in affects what comes out. And John, in, in these verses we're going to look at today, verses 5 and 6, ultimately John tells us that, that it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual thing that's going on. I, I, I thought about this like yesterday. I thought, you know, what if you had a pair of glasses that you could put on and then you could kind of see into the spiritual realm. It would be like crazy. But there is stuff going on in the spiritual realm that we aren't even aware of. Sometimes we think it's, you know, just us and the world and whatever and whatever's going on. But, but Paul said, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's a whole spiritual realm that, that is, you know, all around us. And, and so let's look at verses 5 and 6. This is the verses we're going to look at today. He said, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. We, on the other hand, we are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Again, he, he, he tells ultimately it's spiritual. But you have the voice of the world and you have the voice of God. Uh, Warren Wiersbe says there are two spirits 
in the world today, the God's spirit of truth and Satan's spirit of error. These are the two spirits. This is what John is telling us here. He says there in verse 5, they. And, and you have to ask the question, well, who is the, the they that he's talking about? The context tells us that they, he's talking about false prophets, false teachers that have gone out. He's talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. He's talking about the voices of the world. And these kind of all dovetail to, together, really. So he says they, when he says they, we're, this is what he's talking about. But he says that they're, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. John talks, he uses that word world a lot. Because he, you know, he had this concept of what this world is. And, he, and, you know, they had false teachers and they were teaching these things, false prophets, the, the, the situation that was going on, the world around. Again, the, the idea is here is what are we listening to? Where are we getting our information? What's building us up or tearing us down? But he, he talks about the world. And when John talks about the world, it's this concept of the godless world system. He's not talking about, you know, the planet Earth, you know, the trees and the water and all that. He's talking about this godless world, world system that's governed by who? Who is the god of this world? Satan, Satan is the god of this world. And, and so it's this idea of this world system that's alienated and hostile to God and in rebellion against him. Uh, Ironside said this, that the world is trying to make itself, ha make itself happy without God. I think that's the number one problem. We think we can do without him. We think we can make it on our own. And, and we're trying to find happiness. We're trying to find joy in all the wrong places, of course. But he says that, that Jesus said, told us that the world doesn't know God. The, the world, this world, this godless world system, it not only doesn't know God, but it hates God. And it hates his followers. It hates you and I as believers. I don't like that particularly. I don't like, you know, when someone would persecute and say things. But Jesus said in John 15, if the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. We, we need to understand we don't really fit in here. The problem comes when we try to fit in here. When we, when we think we need to be just like the world. That is a problem. This is kind of one of the concepts that John's talking about in these, these, these verses that we're looking at today. Be careful who you're listening to. Is it the viewpoint of the world or is it the viewpoint of the word? Jesus said later in John or earlier in John chapter 17 that, you know, that, that we're to be in the world, but he's not going to take us out of the world, but he would protect us from the evil one. So we don't necessarily be, have to be taken out and, and be isolated and all that. We're supposed to be here. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy ride. He says, therefore, these false teachers, the people around us, they speak from the viewpoint of the world. And that's, that's kind of like what we call a worldview. 
They have this worldview, it's, and it's a current you know, worldview. I, I like that guy that, that talks on WRV on Saturday mornings. He calls his program Word View. I've mentioned that before. Maybe someday I'm going to get him to come and tell us and speak to us about the Word View versus the worldview, because I think that's so important. What do we look, how do we see the world? What kind of a, a lens do we look at it? Is it through what we hear and see out there, or is it through what the Word of God teaches. There's a very, very, very big difference. Is it based on just today's cultural norms? Well, you don't have to think very hard to know about today's cultural norms. If we're going to base our worldview on that, we are in trouble. But yet you see it around us, you know, a hook, line, and sinker just pulling all that. Oh, yeah, okay, if that's, you know... We're using all these, you know, buzzwords, you know, inclusion. We're, we, we don't want to offend anybody. And so we're going to take on all these weird and, and some of them insane ideas that the world is putting forth. Is that what God calls us to do? One person said they draw the matter of their conversation from the life, the opinions, and the feelings of the world. Someone else said the substance of their teaching from the, is from the philosophy of the godless world while the issues of eternity are left unmentioned in adjusting and formulating their message to conform to the spirit and interests of the world. They distort and deform the message of God. Again, when we look at the context here, there was all this false teaching that was taking place. This isn't just what's going on out in the world, but also what's trying to creep into the church. He says the world listens to them because, yeah, this, makes, this all makes good sense to us because they have no other way to, to uh, interpret it. The commentator McDonald said this, The world is the spring of all that they teach. And therefore, the world hears them. This remind us that, reminds us that the approval of the world is not a test as to the truthfulness of one's teaching. If a man simply wants to be popular, all he has to do is speak as the world speaks. But if he is to be faithful to God, then he must face the disapproval of the world. We're not going to be approved. I've already said it. Jesus said, if they hate you, it's because they hate me. But we don't like to be, you know, the guy that, that people make fun of. I mean, we all want people to like us. But, but when it comes to spiritual truth and, and what we're talking about here today, we need to be bold and stand up for what truth is. We've been talking about that. There is a crisis of truth in our society today. A crisis of truth. Pastor Chuck said, you know, you write a book about God and the world will, uh, against God, excuse me, and the world will hail it as highly intelligent and scholarly. But if you write a scholarly book against the evolutionary theory, the world will speak of you as ignorant, uninformed, and a throwback to the dark ages. That's kind of the way it is, isn't it? Does that sound like our schools? This, is, this, is, this has been going on for a, lo a lot of years now. And it's highly, highly entrenched, and it's getting worse and worse. 
Does it sound like our universities, our, our secular universities have completely sold out? And the truth that they teach there is, is like an alternative truth to what real truth is. To go to a university, you, you better be on guard. You better be prepared. You better know what, you're, what you really believe. Or they will tear you up. It's just the way it is. And sadly, some of our churches are, are, are now like that as well. It's one thing you see, you can kind of make sense. That's the world, that's why they're all into that. But when you look at a church and you say, well, how could a church be like that? That doesn't, that doesn't even make a sense. Make a sense. What's that? That doesn't make a sense either. I'm not a, I'm not a from around to here. One pastor, Steve Cole, he says this, this... Uh, this verse may imply that false teachers were drawing a big crowd. And maybe they were. He says the world was listening to them. And when you tell the world what it wants to hear, you will not lack an audience. When a false teacher sets aside the unpopular notion that all have sinned, and he tells people that they are wonderful, and that God exists to help them fulfill their desires, he will gain a following. But the problem is that message is not from God. You know, the whole you know, uh, concept of the church, you know, we're going we're gonna to make everybody feel good and make, you know, tell everybody what they want to hear, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are sinners and we're going to hell if we don't repent and turn to Jesus Christ for, for, for salvation. It doesn't get any simpler. That's the gospel truth message. He says the, the practical application is don't judge the success of a ministry by its size. Judge it by its faithfulness to the truth of the gospel as revealed in the Bible. We, we do that, though. We are so, you know, we are so, uh, I don't know if it's, We've got our mind, you know, kind of in this direction. If, if it's big, if there's a lot of money, if there's a lot of fame, those people, they got it. They, they know it all. They can, we can trust them. Some of these sports figures, we can trust them because they're so good and they, make, they have so much money and they make so much money. So listen to everything they say. John MacArthur... Some of you have heard of him. He, he talks about uh, the smiling preacher. And he said this, he says, oh, it works. This idea of saying what people want to hear. He says, it makes the predators rich because everybody sends them money. That's how you trigger it. That's, that's how you prove your faith, by sending in the money. And everybody else is disappointed. A few weeks ago, this is about 10 years ago this, was, this happened, there was an event in Dodger Stadium with this pastor. If you don't know his name, I don't want you to go looking for him. But there were 35,000 people at Dodger Stadium. 35,000 people. And actually, this, this pastor is, is, is uh, the pastor of the quote-unquote largest church in America. 
But this is what John MacArthur says. You need to understand that he is a pagan religionist in every sense. He's a quasi-pantheist. Jesus is a footnote that satisfies his critics and deceives his followers. You know, he wrote a book called Your Best Life Now, and he says things like this. And, and MacArthur says, you know, that, that title ought to be a, give, a dead giveaway since the only way this could be your best life is if you're going to hell. Did you catch that? But he says that anyone can create by faith and words the dreams he desires, health, wealth, and happiness, success. If you develop an image of these things, nothing on earth will be able to hold those things from you. It's just insane, but this is what's going on, and, and people are flocking to these false truths. He doesn't like to use the word sin. He doesn't like to use the word hell, and he does not like to use the name Satan or devil. This is, uh, this is in our world today. This is what's going on. But it's not just people like that. You know, I, I, I saw an article on CBN News about um, Disney. You know, we used, to, we used to be able to trust Disney. Disney was okay. Well, you can't trust Disney anymore, people. And, and part of this whole idea, what I'm trying to get across today is be, we got to be careful what we listen to, what we, what we take in. They have a new movie out, I guess, and it's called uh, Turning Red. And the, the article, the title of the article, is it, de is it Demonic? A pastor's warning about this new film, Turning Red. And, and uh, I'm not going to read this whole article, but he warns about uh, the themes that are in there. He says, but he says this, and I like this. He says, I believe that every parent, not just a pastor, but a parent, has a mandate to actually... Oh, there's that word mandate. We don't like that word. <laughs> has a mandate to actually screen material. Because every single device that you have in your home is a portal either a window into the things of God or, unfortunately, things that I believe are demonic. And, you know, we have to be so very careful, but this I, some of the ideas in this movie, uh, you know, that they talk about, you know, communicating with your ancestors, which the Bible, you know, says is definitely bad. Uh, the film shows spiritual practices that the Christian faith uh, condemns. They... They have a, a line in there that says, my panda, my choice, which is a play on, you know, uh, abortion, pro-choice uh, people. He says they've gone too far. He said all of this, he said, should cause Christians to pause and reflect. He says, I think what happens is we are so desensitized that over time, things that used to be offensive to Christians, unfortunately... I think that we've become accepting of them, and we ignore it. And that's really why I felt a burden to put the word out about this movie. You can read other stuff about Disney, some of the things that they're going through right now in Florida. 
You know, they're angry because they don't want to limit uh, the access of all kinds of sex ed, you know, for kindergarten through third grade. These little tiny kids, they, you know, they, they want the access in there, the, the whole LGBT, everything else, to kindergartners and first, you know, and so, you know, uh, Florida passed a law saying, you know, no, we, we, you know, this is not appropriate. This isn't the time or the place. And, and so the workers at Disney are saying, we, you know, why didn't you jump on this? Well, Disney came out with a statement, too. But, but they're, they're, like going, they're going completely in this direction. You can't trust just because it's Disney. It used to be you could. Well, if you can't trust Disney, who can you trust, right? No one. I have one more. This is probably a little more uh, 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 sensitive. I'm, not tr- I'm going to try to be balanced and give you some balanced views on this here. But uh, how many of you watched The Chosen? A lot of you. Most of you. But I got this little booklet in the mail. Somebody, you know, there are different ministries that, that feel like they're uh, uh, discernment ministries. And, he, and it's ten critical concerns. And I'm not going to go through all those. And, and some of them are, you know, I think are valid. But, but other people have written about it, too, in, in, in the title of this, uh, this one article is, Should Christians Watch It? And, and he gives, he gives uh, first three concerns about the show, and then he gives three reasons to watch the show. So he kind of gives a balanced view of it. Uh, I just want to throw this out because, you know, we talk about something like the biggest church or the biggest thing. This is the biggest crowdfunded uh, Production in all of history. The, the biggest crowdfunded uh, production in all, in all of history. And, and, and the, the reach of this is incredible. Three concerns. I'm just going to go through this quickly. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time already. Number one, he says, the chosen says more than scripture does. The director and writer says it himself. He says, the chosen is 95% not scripture. He, those are his words, not, not someone else's. 5% from the Bible. So you need to know that, you know, okay, when you watch it, no. This is not always what... And, and so they had to add 95% to make 100%. He says, number two, the chosen may change how people read the Gospels because you now have this picture in your mind of how it should be and then you read the Bible and you go like, hmm, it's not quite what, it's not quite what, you know, I saw. And number three, and this, is, this might even be the, the worst, is that the show's creator has questionable partnerships. This, and what he means by that is that the exec, executive producers tour Two or three of them are Mormons. And, and uh, you know, you say, well, they're, they're keeping that, you know, false doctrine out of there. But, but the guy is saying, you know, he, in an interview, he says, you know, we love the same Jesus. Well, the truth is, if you study what the Mormons teach about Jesus, it's not the same Jesus. It's just not. The Mormon church, he says, does not teach or affirm the same gospel. LDS teach uh, 
things radically unbiblical about Jesus, like he was a brother to Lucifer, about his marriage, and about denial of the Trinity. So those, those are three things, you know, three concerns about it. And I think, again, we need to be discerning. Three reasons to watch the show. Uh, number one, it's, it's well done. They did a good job. You know, in the past, you know, any kind of uh, uh, Christian movies, you know, they, they were kind of cheesy. You know, they weren't done that well. They've done this really well. So, you know, uh, number two, he says this, and I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but he says that the chosen strives for biblical faithfulness. I'm not sure I think that's necessarily true. Number three, the chosen seems to be drawing people to Jesus and his word. And that's a good thing, right? To reach people that, you know, would never pick up a Bible, that's a good thing. So, uh, should Christians watch the chosen? That's the question, right? Uh, in the end, his last statement is this. In our conversations about the show, whether as a critic or a fan, may we point to Scripture as the only ultimate authority. And may we point to the Jesus it reveals as the only Savior for sin and the only hope for life and salvation. We have to be discerning. One man who, who, who did a whole, uh, you know, page uh, on, on uh, you know, why everybody should, should write it. Later on he did, he still believed that, you know, he recommended the show, but he, he did an update and he said that, you know, when he found out and got a little bit deeper into these things, he, he said, you know, we got to be careful. He said, I still appreciate the show, but I would advise applying a strong dose of discernment applied to it going forward. I certainly would not look to Dallas Jenkins for sound spiritual advice or leadership. Does that make sense? So, you know, why am I bringing up all these things is because we need to be careful what we hear. That's, that's the point of what I'm trying to say here in this, in this message. We, we need to, not just because it makes everybody feel good and, and you know, uh, people will use phrases that the world is using today. Well, that's going to make it all make more sense. But if it's going against what the Bible teaches, then we need to have the red flags. Of course, that, that also tells us we need to know what the Bible teaches. That's why we teach the Bible. That's why we encourage you over and over. Do you read your Bibles? Verse uh, 6, back to 1 John 4, verse 6, he, he says, he says, you know, we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. Well, he, he, who is he talking about there? Again, we talked about the they and then he says in verse 6, the we. Who is the we that he's talking about? He's speaking him about himself as one of the apostles. Not everybody who gets up and says, you've got to listen to everything I say is the truth. But he's speaking as one of the apostles whom uh, Paul says in Ephesians 4, God gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to give these apostles and prophets the inspired word. It says in Peter that, you know, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 2, it says here that this church, the church that we are part of, is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself 
as the chief cornerstone. So, you know, we have this scripture, this Bible that we have, and we need to, we need to understand it. We need to hold on to it. You and I are not necessarily, we're not apostles in that same sense. We just aren't. I don't care, you know, if you take the title or whatever, you're not going to be an apostle in the same sense that those apostles were. The, the, the word apostle technically means one that's sent. So we are all, in a sense, sent with this message. And we have God's word, though. But, but, but just because I say it and think it, and, and, and I've come along and now kind of deformed and reformed and, and repackaged and deconstructed and made it all sound like, you know, something you can now uh, accept. Don't listen to it if, it if it's not backed up by what the Bible says. Just say, that's weird. Why, why are we afraid to say, hey, that's weird? Because we don't want to be looked at as being weird. Because, you know, we're marching in a different, you know, direction. I can't help but stop thinking about, you know, that, that story about the, you know, the emperor's new clothes. You know, no one, no one, everyone was afraid to say anything. Why? The guy's walking around naked. But he thinks he's got, you know, this, you know, really nice robe on it. And, and, and nobody's... You know, willing, they're all afraid to tell him, like, you, what are you doing? We, we have the truth, and we need to speak the truth. We, we need to not be afraid of it. Paul said to Timothy, you know, uh, as a pastor, he says, do your best, present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles or rightly divides the word of truth. We need to, to correctly handle this scripture that we have in front of us. You see, that's what he says. That's what he's saying in, in his verses here. This is what sets us apart. Look at the bottom of verse 6. He said, this is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood, those who listen to what God says. Listen to what God's word says, not what the world is saying. God's, God's word, he, you know, he, he wants to transform us. Wow, he says, by, how? By, by the transforming of our minds, by, by taking in the word. He says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't let the, uh, J.B. Phillips version said, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't be conformed. Don't let that, you know, uh, I, I thought of this verse this morning in James where, where he says, true religion, true religion and undefiled is what? Uh, before God the Father is to... You know, visit the, take care of the widows and the orphans. But that's not all he says. What else does he say? To keep himself unspotted from the world. Again, we're to be in the world, but not of the world. And, and this is for me just as much as it is for every one of you. If you are a follower, a child of God, this is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. God is still speaking today by his word. But you can be sure the world is speaking too. So who are we listening to? 
couple more quotes and we'll have to wrap this up. He says this, one of the American Christianity's most serious evils may be the sin of sermon listening. We hear, but we do not act. He wants us to be a vibrant, redeeming community of compassion, service, love, and worship. We're, we're as James says, not to be just hearers. Be careful what you hear, but then when you, when you do hear the good stuff, let's put it in, into action in our lives. Let's make it real. That's the American Christianity, but, you know, we've only been around, you know, a short while comparatively to this guy named Fenelon from the 1600s. He said, God never speaks, never ceases to speak to us, but the noise of the world and the tumult of our passions within bewilder us and prevent us from listening to him. There's a lot of noise, a lot of voices. That's why maybe, you know, we need that quiet spot, that quiet place where we can, where we can just, you know, do you have that time? You know, Dan Kinneman says when he gets up to preach, are you reading your Bibles? Do you have that time where it's just you and him and, and you open up the book, even if it's just, you know, five minutes or ten minutes in a day? The truth is, the, truth is, uh, the average... TV watching time in America, this is the average now. Some are way more and some are way less. The average is like three hours per day. And we can't find three minutes a day to open up the Bible? I'm sorry, but that's wrong. And I watch TV. I have a TV. I watch things. And, and uh, uh, you know, you can, you can leave that on. I've been to people's houses where the TV is just on all day long. You know, family members, it's just on all the day and, and, and it just, it controls everything. Are you with me? Who are we listening to? The ear gate. We got to set a guard, you know, be guarding what we hear. Is it gossip? Is it slander? Is it... Just the views of the world around us. Well, this is good. This is right. Is it what the news is putting forward? Oh, but the news, they always tell the truth. Because they're news. Is it the media that we listen to? Is it the music we listen to? Say, you know, what, what about the music that we listen to? You know what? I, I, I like different styles of music too but you know what I, I also know that you know a lot of the, the, the music is you know comes from a very different viewpoint and, and on the other side though I don't have a lot of extra time so if I'm going to listen to music I'm going to listen to something that might be a little more edifying I, you know I grew up listening to the Beatles I love the Beatles and I could listen to them all day long or whatever but, but in the end and, and I don't know why you know, I get these little posts, you know, listen to this, listen to that. And it's a little clip from the 1970s, you know, and the, you know, Stairway to Heaven. You know, oh, wow, that sounds so good. But then I listen to it and I go like, that is really empty. There's, there's nothing there. By the way, um, 
there's only one way to get to heaven. It's not through some weird song that everybody plays. If you learn how to play guitar, you've got to learn how to play this. Evolution, abortion, immorality, it's all okay, according to the worldview. But according to the word view, God is the creator. All life is precious. God made us man and woman, period. That's how he made us. Marriage between one man and one woman. That is his plan. That's what the Bible teaches. Do not be afraid to say, hey, this is what the Bible teaches. I don't, you know, I'm, it's okay if you want to live that way. That's your life. But the Bible says this. The problem that I see is that, you know, these voices are so loud that they want to control everybody else. These few voices, it's really a minority of voices, because we won't speak up. The church won't say anything. You know, I'm not saying we got to slam everybody, you know. But, but the truth is the truth. It says in Matthew 11, He who has ears, let him hear. And Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, and this verse is, you know, we use it for kind of people who don't know the Lord, but I think it's for believers probably first and foremost. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's, he's wanting to, to speak to us. He's knocking at the door. He wants to us, us to open the door, and, and we, we don't respond. Let's pray, shall we? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, and I pray you would help us to have a word view in this world. Father, I think we are desensitized. I think we have been misled and, and uh, programmed by the world around us. I pray you, you, that we would be deprogrammed and, and uh, can, you know, transformed by the renewing of our minds, by what the truth is. I pray you'd also give us a boldness to, to stand up for the truth. It's not easy. We're not going to be the most favorite person. But that's okay. You weren't, you weren't the most favorite either. Father, help us. Uh, help us to, to discern what we hear in the world, what we hear even in the church, to discern even what we hear from this pulpit right here, to discern and listen carefully and, and check it out like the Bereans did. Father God, in this day and age where truth is 
nowhere to be found. May we listen to the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, as He teaches us from the Word of Truth, the Word of God. Father, I also pray as we as we finish, Lord, for any any maybe that are struggling. You're, maybe you're in the world and you want you want to have a relationship with with God. You want to to go to heaven. Very simple, just open your heart and, and he's, he is knocking on your heart too and he wants to come in and, and all you have to do is open the door and say yes. You can pray with me now and say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I, I want you in my life and I, and I open the door to you today. Please come in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?